Welcome to Studio B, a music education podcast for independent and emerging artists and for people who just love the behind the scenes action of the music industry and the music business. My name is Sarah Scott and thank you for joining. This episode, we are talking about social media and optimizing it as an independent or emerging artist. Now, just like there isn't one way to create a really great song, there isn't a single way to have a successful social media strategy. Although there are a few best practices, that's what we're talking about today with pop artist and social media manager Hayden McHugh and artist and concert photographer and social media manager Catherine Marie Colwell. I'm pretty excited for this episode, so let's get right on into it. First off, thank you so much for being a part of Studio B, one of the educational episodes. And today we are talking about social media and optimizing it to the best of the artist's ability. So before we get started and getting into the meat of the information, let's get to know you a bit better. Let's start off with Catherine. Tell us a bit about yourself and how you got involved in social media and your background. Starting off with a tough question, I'm terrible (laughs) talking about myself. I started off as a photographer. I kind of got into social media like more doing more with my photos, like promoting graphic design and that kind of thing. Just kind of grew from there. So predominantly the dungarees are my big one. I do some smaller stuff. I've, I've shot for the Washboard Union, amazing guys. And I've done like different kinds of tour posters with my stuff, album covers and stuff with Allie that way. Super, super cool. What's your favorite part about using social media to make your artists stand out? You get to tell a story. Like you get to share who they are as a person, what their story is, what sets them apart from everyone else. That's really great. Now, Hayden, same question to you. Tell us about yourself and your background and who have you worked with? So I am Hayden McHugh. I've got my own little tiny individual company called Jelly Socials. Essentially, I do mostly product photography for various clients uh, around Calgary, but also manage my own social media as well as assist with social media for other people as well for their artistry. I am the opposite of you, actually. Catherine, I went to school for communications and professional events. And so um, a lot of my experience comes from the kind of marketing and experiential marketing world. Who have I worked with? I mostly work with some people around the city, like farmers market clients and some really law uh, individuals who sort of have like, uh, like what Luke's Meats is one of my clients, for example, and then just working with different events and, and smaller companies, kind of helping them individually on a need basis. That's really great. And what's your favorite part about using social media to help your clients and your artists? I love telling a story and I love embarrassing my clients and making them talk to the the camera because it makes people like, it puts you in a different mindset to like communicate with your clients. And I, I love that part about social media. I used to struggle a lot with it because I find it very difficult to tell stories with photos alone. And so I love the new social media now that has all these cool tools for engagement that are not necessarily even filmed, for example, like I do really great on a live stream. And a lot of people that I work with do really great in a live stream because they're really personable. But as soon as you try to film them, they're like, well, oh, scripted. Ah, ooh. Yeah, I love how connected it makes people right now. And it's, uh, yeah, I love it. It's great. Well, let's get right on into the topic here. So, I mean, make no mistake, social media, it isn't some sort of like magic wand for musicians to become super famous overnight and get a ton of followers overnight and to get noticed overnight. However, 
a smart social presence is probably one of the best ways to grow your audience, fill in space with content between gigs and fill in space at your gigs by getting more fans through your social media. And what is the first thing you say to artists or clients about their social media? What is the biggest piece of advice? We're going to start off with this. My first question I ask them is, what is your message and what is your story you want to tell? I kind of touched on that earlier, but again, what sets you apart from everyone else and sort of what image do you want to portray? I would say I'm about the same. I really like to focus on making sure that they're clear about what we're doing with social media. Cause I think that I'll get a lot of people who reach out to me and say things like, I want more followers and I want them now. If I hire you, I'm going to get that. And I have to sort of remind them like, no, it's more about like, creating a net for the athletes to kick balls into like we want to make sure that we're like that there's nobody in our way there's no goalie in the way of your fans being interested in connecting with you not necessarily and there's a discovery part of to social media and I explain that to them uh, but that it's not an overnight issue you know it's still word of mouth and uh, that's the most important thing so mine's more of a stern uh, <laughs> reminder of what we're up to for real <laughs> So in your guys' opinion, and we'll start off with Hayden on this one, what do you think are the top three social media platforms for artists? Such a such a sticky topic because everybody's going to have their own opinion. I think we were talking about this before, but mm-hmm. the idea that every artist is going to succeed really, really well in a different platform, uh, depending on who they are. My personal preferences, I would say, are Instagram, just because it's kind of where everybody is. I like TikTok just simply because of the discovery. It's It's simply incredible. And I guess Twitter, I was just on a call like, on a song right this morning where I was bashing Twitter with another girl <laughs> because we both don't like it. We both kind of have this impression of it that where it's very, we're not a fan, basically. It's just not where we thrive. But that is one place where people get really a lot of discovery as well. And you can get a lot of connections because everybody, everybody's real on Twitter, but everybody's still on the same level a little bit more. So you can kind of reach out to people and like tweet at them and you'll get a, you're more likely to get a response. And I guess it depends too on demographic. With mine, I do a lot of Instagram, like Hayden said, Facebook as well, and then Twitter. Haven't done really a lot of TikTok, but I can definitely see why artists love that one as well. But yeah, I think Instagram is, is number one too. For sure. So I was doing some research on this and the actual top five social media platforms for artists, according to musicianport.com, are... TikTok at number one, YouTube at number two, Instagram at number three, Facebook at number four, and Twitter at number five. So there are so many platforms to choose from on top of those top five. And you need to stand out from the crowd on all the platforms. And a lot of artists are thinking, where should I focus my energy? What should I post? Where should I even start? Oh my goodness. You know, it comes it's a little bit mind boggling sometimes. So, I mean, for starters, we have to consider that their audience is likely glued to their phones or their tablets and most likely on social media while they're on their phones or their tablets, regardless of their genre. So, I mean, making a social media profile and optimizing a social media profile for the best of the best content is super important. So, When it comes to looking up the artists, they're more likely to go through Google or Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter to get more information about the artist. So that's why having a clean, optimized profile on each platform is a top priority and where the industry is so competitive and it's a real thing that it is competitive. We're not going to shove that under the rug. Having a great profile out there lets people know that you're anything but amateur and by your, I mean the artist. So what does a clean, pristine, optimal, yet eye-catching social media profile look like, Catherine? Um, making 
making sure you have like good profile pictures. Like when someone clicks on your profile, they know it's you. Another thing is make sure it links to like your website, Spotify, that kind of thing. Use Linktree to make sure it's all there in a clickable format. Bios, make sure everything's uniform and up to date. Yes, I agree. My thing is the bio. I love photos because like the the photos are really important because that's how you're going to sort of draw people in when they see you commenting or when they see your photo on your on their feed and it's presented maybe under a hashtag and you want to click through it. For me, it's the bio because I love there's a real right way to do it and there's a real wrong way to do it when it comes to being personal while also maintaining a really professional vibe. I love people who sort of are able to say what they are doing on Instagram or what they're selling while also so kind of making it personal as well. So yeah, so that's the thing for me is making sure that your bio is good. I agree with the Linktree thing too. One thing to think about is if you're on TikTok, Linktree actually blocks that website and provides a warning. So you actually will lose people going through there. Do a test out other platforms or just like make your own Linktree on your website. But the Linktree concept is a great idea. Just the Linktree brand in particular sometimes doesn't do well on certain websites. So just be aware of that. Also, one thing, if I don't mind just getting in really quickly too, don't have too many link buttons. Some people will pile up the <laughs> buttons a huge amount. And if you do that, people will be overwhelmed with choice and won't choose. Make sure you're constantly updating and deleting them instead of just adding new ones all the time. For sure. So it sounds like being economical with your copy. So like your words and choosy with your links and save all the long copy yeah. and explanations for your website and make sure your profile or bio link it is pointing out the latest promotion, like a new song, an album, tour, or merchandise, and profile pictures and covers are correctly sized for social, because that does happen sometimes, yes. and ensure that any and all profile information is accurate and up-to-date, including dates and events. The great thing about social media, too, for musicians and artists is that they have so much creative freedom beyond those three points, but there's usually a lot of information packed into such a small space, but artists can make that happen. And we kind of talked about how would you recommend the artists do that, get all that information into one space. And Linktree is definitely one of those options. But if they don't have the option of Linktree, like you said, it might not be good on some social media platforms. How would you recommend artists get as much information as they can in such a small space? In my mind, the key is to get creative because I think that, and especially when you think about how the way that people are consuming content, most people aren't even reading the captions. Like when you're scrolling through Instagram, you're scrolling at such a fast rate that you need to kind of get creative about where you can kind of hide some of these pieces of content. For me, I would say that like a lot of this can actually get, like Catherine was talking about at the beginning, doing graphic design. If you are capable of doing like really easy Photoshop or even using apps like Canva, you can actually include words on the posts and actually kind of that will really brighten up and uh, encourage people to read it. I love a website, but I think a website is really great for what that is, is for like hosting the basic information that you really don't have anywhere else to put it. But if I'm being realistic, I haven't been on an artist website with the exception for like booking artists for years. So as a fan, I just can't like, if you are trying to like sparingly spend money on something, I wouldn't say uh, that your website is like the drop dead first thing you should be spending like $30 a month on. Cause they can be very expensive beacons.ai and a few other ones that offer the opportunity for you to put more information or even even full-on shops on your link tree. So those can be options as well if you're interested in just a small website. Yeah, but I would say just get creative. Like, and, and also really think about what information is really important because I feel a lot of artists will throw a lot of random stuff in there, which can be really cool for a post, but do you really need to mention that you're a plant mom 
in the bio when what you're really going for is being a musician. Like if that's a huge part of your brand, then yes. But if, you know, once in a blue moon, you post a picture with your plants, then maybe that's not really, is that really a pr- a important detail? So the bio is, is yeah, I'm, I'm rambling now at this point. <laughs> I like it. Don't post about being a plat mom. That's just hilarious. I've seen <laughs> exactly. that a few no, times. That's your thing, but <laughs> if it's if it's not for like I've done that before where I'm just like, oh well, I'm this, but it's like, is that actually what you're here to do? <laughs> think long term in that when you're doing your bio. Don't think today I am. Think in the future I'd like to be or I'm aiming to go towards. I love that so much. Now, well, the one thing about social media is that it keeps the followers and the fans in your loop of what's going on in your world. So you shouldn't worry about doing too much self-promotion given that that's what social media marketing for musicians and artists is all about. So there's no need to be shy about whatever is new in your world. So you got a new song, upcoming album, you're hitting the road, let people know, show off yourself in action. So what kind of content do you guys use and what kind of content should artists use when showing themselves in action? Catherine, we'll start with you because you have taken so many action shots before. What are the optimal pictures and what is the best kind of content to show an artist in action? I mean, if you can get those shots interacting with fans, those are always really, really good. A lot of backstage stuff too. I find people really interact with it, leave lots of comments, that kind of thing. Try and keep it clean, like a good quality. I know sometimes you just see really, really fuzzy photos and I would sort of steer people away from using those. See, when you're on the road, make sure, you know, you're posting where you're playing and how to get tickets. Too many times I've seen people be like, I'm playing Calgary and you don't know like where, how to get tickets, you know, when. That's a big one. Tell people where you are playing and how to get tickets because we've all been in the same boat of but where are you playing? What's going on? <laughs> Hayden, what about you? What's some content and pictures you would love to see to show action? I mean, I love anything that tells a story. So I love the idea of like, this is what we're at. This is what we're doing. But I also want artists to be less afraid now, especially now of being really, I don't want to say vulnerable. Cause that makes me, that makes it sound like I want you to start crying in front of the camera about <laughs> like really personal things. And I don't, but what I do want is artists to not be afraid of like, on, you're on tour and you like wake up in the morning and like take a video of you eating breakfast. Like you might not use that piece of footage, but you absolutely might. And you're going to be so disappointed when, you know, in 30 years down the future, they're trying to make a documentary and you don't have that footage. Now, again, I'm being a little dramatic, but <laughs> Yeah, like don't be afraid to be a little more intimate, right? You're like, you're doing silly things. You're hanging out in the hotel room. You're in the car. You're doing whatever. People want to see that. And yeah, yeah. do it. The fun stuff is definitely always underrated. And I find it, it's great. And it's the easiest to me because you're just doing it. Like you're just literally taking a video. My friend gave me a suggestion. She said, stop like making it feel weird by just calling it for the memes. And then it makes you feel better about it. So I've been trying to do that lately. It's just like, oh, I'm just taking a video. It's for the memes. And then it helps me (laughs) feel less weird about (laughs) being like, hey, everybody gather up for a video. (laughs) (laughs) Makes it look more authentic for sure when you're just going for it and having fun. And also like, Shouting out attendees and posting pictures of the performances is a good start too of just the audience having a great time. Those are good ones. Hosting some behind the scenes content we just kind of talked about here, but 
On a related note, a huge piece of social media marketing for musicians is authenticity. And Hayden, you were mentioning you want to see artists be more vulnerable, maybe not like crying on camera, but being more vulnerable. So rather than just posting promo after promo, it pays to connect to your followers on more of a personal level. So just posting content that takes your followers behind the scenes of your life. So when you are looking for that content yourselves with an artist that you like to follow, what kind of personal content do you guys like to see and what kind of content that is personal about the artist should they be posting? Because you don't want to make it too personal, but you want to make it just personal enough to be able to kind of make it look like we're just like you. So how should they do that? (laughs) Everyday things like, you know, eating breakfast, you know, the goofy things that happen on the road. I don't know if you've ever seen Old Dominion social media, but I think they do an amazing job of mixing like the promo stuff with behind the scenes and videos even like you know before a show just posting a little clip in the green room of like a sound check rehearsal those are really interactive and really fun i agree basically that and i also want to see people just talking to the camera more like this vlogging thing is is getting to be a really important and major part of it just because People, and especially younger fans, like if your audience is like 12 to 15 to 20, even to maybe 25, there's kind of a small expectation that you are, not expectation, but that you are doing live streams and things like that, or that you are at least like communicating with your fans in a way that is as if you are speaking to them. I want to see them just talk to the camera, just explain what's going on, right? Like hop on, I'm up here, we're making a video, we're doing this. Even if you're not talking and you want to like add it in after, like people love to do the TikTok thing where you do a voiceover or you even just add in the text explaining what's going on. Any of those options are available, but just show every second, capture every minute, buy a giant SD card and fill up that (laughs) camera or your cell phone with as much video footage as you can hold and try to organize it the best you can and then you know edit it into something at the end uh you won't be disappointed that's great advice and if anything else behind the scenes photos also give the artists an opportunity to show off their personality too which is pretty sweet Now, tagging people in hashtags like brands, venues, and other musicians and slogans, tagging serves as a way to instantly, and I mean instantly increase the visibility of your posts on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram because the people that you tag normally reshare that post. So it never hurts to tag others or companies or venues in your posts where appropriate. And some examples to do some smart tagging do include boosting brands, shouting out a venue when you're performing at it or that you were performing at, get the photographer in on it. So take the photographer that took your picture and highlight fellow musicians you're touring with or performing with or someone whose song you're covering. So I feel like tagging is fairly straightforward. But hashtags, hashtags are a thing. I'm currently working with an artist and we were talking about coming up with a hashtag for him. So should artists come up with their own hashtags or use common ones or hate in your opinion, how can we use them and how can an artist use them? Well, hashtags are funny because they are often 
abused in a way that is we can like go throw back to maybe 2001 where I was like so young and maybe that's too young maybe 2010 and everybody was on Instagram hashtag heart hashtag love hashtag this it's too much and it causes issues mostly with your account because your account is trying to Instagram's algorithm for example is trying to understand who you are as a brand it's just a person is trying to understand who you are and as a result you feeding it hashtags that kind of are just really generic confuses it and doesn't provide you with uh, discovery with new fans. So you do want to use hashtags. Do you want to invent your own hashtag? Yeah, that's a really great way for you to catalog a really particular situation. So maybe you're at a particular show, you can encourage people to use that hashtag so that you can see all the photos from that show that your fans took, for example. And you can also do that with your own music. Like some people will create a hashtag for their own music to, to do the same thing. Try not to go crazy with like just doing stuff that's so generic because it doesn't really help you. And even I'm guilty of that too. Hashtag songwriting, hashtag songwriter, hashtag pop music, you know, like those things are great every once in a while and to throw a couple of those in, but you know, like you kind of, when you said hashtags instantly make you recognizable, that to me implies that all of a sudden you use a hashtag and you're going to be blowing up. It's kind of like a pinpoint on the, on the map of the GPS, in my opinion, and helps the internet orientate you in the right direction. It isn't going to make or break your business at this point. Good content and, and word of mouth will. For sure. Yeah. Hashtags are another beast in themselves. <laughs> and the entire monster. Yeah. We were speaking earlier about algorithms and they're so fickle. And with how fast social media moves in the first place and posts that have so much hype and so much likes and so much everything algorithms are very very fickle and Hayden you had a really good explanation of how algorithms work yeah I feel like I should try to credit the video that I watched because I'm basically just uh, just ripping it straight from the video their explanation but I have no idea who it was but you know the algorithm is essentially like let's call it like a little school. It's like a little university. The university is obviously made up of a couple different bodies of people. And in this case, we have three. We have the students whose job it is to learn about stuff and the teachers whose job it is to teach the bots. And then there's the incinerator whose job it is to burn the students that do a really bad job, just like real university, you know? When we use the internet for any reason, we, we are essentially feeding the algorithm or we're running tests on the algorithm, right? The teacher bots try to teach the students, but they're, they're not really great teachers. They mostly just know how to test. So they test the students. The students are really bad studiers. They don't really know how to study, but they do know how to get tested. And if they don't do a well jo good job to incinerate themselves. And essentially that's how the algorithm decides and learns what to do. Because every time it tests a pile of students, let's say like a batch of 20, maybe three of them only survive. Based on those three, it will then test more based on those three examples and continue to maybe push your post out, for example, let's say we're talking about Instagram, to new and more people every single time it tries a new batch of students. And it tries to get more and more and more defined and more pinpointed the more it goes along. Essentially, it basically is just a, a period of trial and error where you're testing out. It's The internet is just batch testing things and analyzing personalities and then testing it can continuously pushing it out to more people, hoping that it's going to work. Basically, that is how algorithms work. I hope that that's actually a good explanation of it. It was a very creative explanation. I'll give it that. <laughs> yeah, it's creative, yeah. Times of day that artists should post. We all see these infographics telling us 
the best times of day to post, but it can be a bit confusing and a bit much. So do you have any recommendations for what times artists should post at, which ones have proven to be the most successful, or should they just kind of go by feel and how their audience has worked in the past? A little bit of both. I think posts between eight and 10 in the morning tend to do really well because a lot of people are getting up. First thing we do is like grab our phone, check our phone, that kind of thing. I've noticed in kind of think three to six when people are getting off work. The one thing is on all your posts and stuff, you can hit insights on Instagram and it tells you like when what times do really well and that even demographics so definitely check those out on your posts as well and another thing like I suggest those times with like with the dungarees for example they have a big audience in Australia too we have to pay attention to that like you might not think that posting at two in the morning is great but like for them they can do really well. Oh yeah I never really thought about that with different time zones of course and them thinking about where maybe their biggest audiences or one of their top audiences or even where any of their audiences, because there are so many different time zones. Hayden, what are your thoughts on that? Those are my exact thoughts. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> Literally that. Make sure you're being considerate so of your audience. That's it. Like, cause if you are big in Japan, you know, you're going to be wanting to get up at two in the morning and post. Cause that's when people are looking at their phones in Japan. You need to be considerate of who they are, where they are, but also like, you're going to likely have like some stuff spread out all over the place and just consider the bulk of your audience and try to play around with that. Don't get too married to 2 PM. That can be problematic as well. People get bored, but also don't be too random where people don't know where to expect you yeah like I think if you have like for example a cover video that you drop every week like let's say on a Friday you know posting it on 11 on a Friday is like something you can do consistently so yeah being mindful of the type of content that you're posting to and whether it's something that you want to schedule or be more spontaneous for sure and especially when it comes to doing Facebook lives or Instagram lives or Twitter lives if they have the same time on a Sunday afternoon at two then that's a great way to keep people coming back too, right? We kind of got the technical things out of the way and when to post and how to post. And I never heard of this before, but I've definitely seen it, but social selling, and it's totally fair game for artists and musicians from my understanding. And it can happen through creative promotions and sales, and they can actually sell their merchandise via social media. This is a thing I haven't seen a lot of this, but I've definitely seen some of it. So how does social selling work and how can an artist do this to their best advantage? I don't have a lot of experience with specifically selling on the social apps, like directly on Instagram, but I know that it's possible. And I know that if you do have merchandise that you are capable of wearing, that I would suggest that you do it because there are people who will just be randomly scrolling by and who like your merch. If you expect to be getting sales, just make sure that your merch is accessible to more like people will just have their name on a t-shirt like that will be merch for your fans if you want more people to buy it then maybe consider making a piece of merch that is a little bit more exciting i think you could do the same if you're just looking to sell merch there's lots of opportunities and lots of different ways to do that so don't feel like you need to like sell directly on instagram or anything so i did a bit googling on what social selling was and from my understanding social selling is about leveraging your social network to find the right prospects build trusted relationships and ultimately achieve your sales goals so for artists, that would be, of course, for their uh, oh, yeah, okay. merchandise. So there's. Still- I thought you meant literally like I was imagining like when you are scrolling and there's like the Instagram store. And I was like, this is I don't know anything about that. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> that's OK. That's OK. I didn't know until now either. So so also one thing that a lot of artists and musicians and bands should remember is that 
fans can be a fantastic source of content themselves. So like encouraging user generated content in a form of tagged fan photos. That's a great way to do it. And it shows them a bit of love and reposting the photos is a very significant way to create a stronger connection with the audience and let them know that you're listening to them. So that's kind of a cool way to do it. So when you Hayden, when you have your fans take you in a post, what kind of things do you like to do with your posts? Do you share them? Do you add a little bit more pizzazz? Do you give them a thank you? Do you give them a shout out? How do you do it? I'm really big on reposting i just like to share stuff especially in the stories because it kind of encourages other people to do it if you catch me like when people see that there is that sort of engagement then they see that you are accessible and they see that you don't mind talking to people it encourages more people to do it i haven't done a lot of live shows recently so i haven't really been able to take the footage but often yeah if if it is possible i'll actually like even direct message people and say hey like i love those photos people will surprise you i've had people be like oh yeah like i have 30 more do you want all of them and i'm like yeah please absolutely i love to check my dms i love to check my messages there are lots of creeps in there but you just gotta (laughs) and there's lots of really nice people out there too to be able to get stuff and get content from especially and also just like asking for it like my next music video i am trying to figure out a way to incorporate just asking people especially on tiktok to send in videos this guy that I know made a video on TikTok and then asked people to send things. And he had people who didn't even know about his music sending in videos, right? Like use people, people want to be involved so bad. Uh, I just give them the opportunity and they will. That's really cool. I never thought about that. Make a video of them doing a little dance and it's perfect, right? It's a great way. They're, they're there to do it. They're ready for it. Don't be afraid to ask. Like, I think sometimes you will ask and you won't get a return. Don't be afraid to ask again. Just keep asking or maybe change your pitch. Maybe your pitch was the problem and you just need to redeliver uh, again and people will come and like it the second time or you know what I mean? For sure. And Catherine, have you had any reposts from any of the fans of the bands that you've worked with have you reposted any of theirs actually because i mentioned earlier they're quite popular in australia so last time they went down to australia we did a hashtag which we touched on earlier called dungarees down under so the entire australian tour we just got people to you know post their photos from those festivals with that hashtag and we pulled some and posted them as like actual instagram posts and facebook posts as well as instagram stories i know like hayden touched on but yeah instagram stories are such an amazing easy way to reshare photos and fan content that way too for sure and it's so easy you just click add to story and boom there it is it's wonderful (laughs) when you post them as instagram stories too you're actually making sure that person's getting credit that's the one thing is if you're reposting the post make sure you're tagging the person that took the photo oh yeah that's that's huge you got to give credit where credit is due and if they took a killer picture we want to know who did it And everybody stop using repost app in the same breath. Just screenshot the picture and then give them credit. It looks much cleaner. And I was going to say one more time for everybody in the back. Exactly. Stop using repost app. You don't (laughs) need the little bubbles. I know it feels like it's etiquette, but it honestly is just making you look like you are 80 years old and don't know how to use Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Having control over your social media. Now, Catherine, you have control over somebody else's social media right now. But social media is a public 
platform where everybody has access to your content for the most part. And sometimes people do take advantage of that. And Hayden, you did say that there are some creeps in the DMs. So what if a fan or a follower does get a little bit too personal or becomes a little bit too much on your page? How should an artist handle it? I mean, there is the blocking and there is the muting and there is, of course, the restrictions on social media. But if an artist wants to be direct about it with that person, how should they do it and how should they handle it? I mean, it's definitely a case by case basis. I mean, sometimes you do just have to hit that block button. It's inevitable. Sometimes, honestly, just ignore them. Don't engage with it and they'll go away. And sometimes just like if people like are constantly just like messaging me like, hey, thanks for the support. Some people are great. Like they can joke around with it. But yeah, it really just depends on the person and the situation. I run into weird stuff on the daily. It happens a lot, <laughs> especially because the type of music that I do is very I don't want to say it's sexually dominated like my music isn't in by any means that way but like I don't know like I love to do fun sexy pics and and stuff like that with my photo shoots and I'm not afraid of my body so I like to do fun cool stuff but sometimes people will engage that and take that in a way that is very it is invitational in a sort of way I just choose not to respond a lot of the time I feed the type of engagement that I want to get back and I just choose not to feed the ones that don't basically support my business and support what I need I I actually noticed this on TikTok live. People will just come into the live and just say something mean just so you'll react to the thing that they're saying. Like I'm on live, I'm singing a song or I'm talking to the people and I'm just saying whatever. And then someone will just come on and say, oh, well, I'm ugly too. That literally happened to me a couple of days ago. Some probably 10 year old was like, oh, I'm also ugly. And I was like, well, you know, that wasn't very nice thing to say. And I wouldn't, you know, you don't need to say that about yourself either. And if you would have just said hello, I would have said hi back. That's kind of what I mean. Encouraging the kind of feedback that you want and just don't really give in to the ones that aren't there to serve you. Because if they're not there to be your fan, if they start off by talking about your music and then all of a sudden start launching into a conversation about the cool places to go in your city, you know, they're probably not actually interested in your music and they're probably trying to pick you up on a date and maybe you should just drop i really like that um engaging with the type of content or engagement that you want to see that's that's definitely key you want to feed what you want and and kind of dump what it is that you don't want incinerate Uh, it (laughs) because if you feed the bad stuff you'll get more of the bad stuff and if you want to just drop it so yeah i love it just drop it. And I mean, if you want to ask him out on a date, just ask him out on a date. I am just kidding. Don't do that. No, no, please don't. <laughs> We're not promoting any dating today. <laughs> That's for another day. All of a sudden it's The Bachelor. Well, speaking of having control over social media, so having control also means buying ads sometimes. So social media ads like Facebook and Instagram are the ones that I've personally used. And I find that they're the easiest to use, but when should an artist purchase an ad or is it even a good idea to purchase an ad or how does that all work when an artist has a song to promote an album to promote, or just a gig to promote? How does the ad situation work on social media? Hayden, we'll start off with you. I reserve advertising to very specific situations like I have a release and I would like to pay to make sure that every single one of my followers sees a story of me saying swipe up to see my new song you know like that kind of jazz if you have a budget for ads go right ahead if you're not an expert I would honestly encourage you to hire someone to do it because it is very complicated and you're going to end up throwing a lot of money away and reaching none of the people that you want to reach but if you are even a little bit savvy even a little bit you can probably figure it out on your own and you could get some results on it. Again, you need to be prepared to lose some cash. Like you're going to pay for some Facebook or whatever. You're going to end up wasting a little bit of cash and you need 
to be prepared just to lose it. And I agree a lot with what Hayden said. And then the other thing is, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but clicking on like those insights on your Instagram and Facebook posts. So look at what your demographic is and, you know, spend the money catering it towards like those people. If you're targeting ads to you know a completely different demographic then you're literally throwing away money i've heard a lot of people say like especially in country music you know target beer company demographics that kind of thing interesting yeah because when i was doing my ads i could specifically target it to an age and to a gender and to where they lived all the way down to that so i thought that was pretty cool so if they can just learn how to utilize their demographic and who they're specifically speaking to that could possibly although lose them a bit of money also make them a bit of money so it's just based on how they use it make sure you're trying to read off of other people's ads too don't just try to go in it thinking that you're going to do a perfect job the first time you can actually look at the facebook ad studio and review what other people are doing for their ads and who they're marketing to. So like look up your favorite musician and look up their favorite ad and what they're doing for ads and get ideas from that. You know, when you're scrolling the kind of ads that you're drawn to and click on. I didn't know you could look at other artists ads and see what they were doing and how they could do it. I mean, you see the ad on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or on Spotify, but I never knew you could actually go in and look at it. So you got the ads up, you got all your content, you're good to go. And now that you are on easy street and you're stocked up with content ideas and you never run out of things to post, you may want to consider social media posting schedules for getting all the content out in front of fans. So we kind of talked about the times of day artists should and should not post. It's kind of up to them and where their fans are based out of. But scheduling posts without it being too much or too little, what sort of timelines are artists looking for? How many posts should they put out a day? And how much content should they put out a day? I like to post with my artists depending about three to four actual like posts a week. Depending to like when you're leading up to a release, you can post a little bit more. When you're promoting new music, post a little bit more. And even like posting Instagram stories daily isn't isn't a bad idea. If you feel like people are getting overwhelmed, maybe post a little bit less. And sometimes I find with the algorithm, if you take a break for a few days and then post something, it does a little bit better as well. It really depends. Like again, if you have like something you post weekly, make sure you know you keep that up. Or even you can break that down into smaller pieces of content. So if you're posting, you know, a big cover video on Friday, maybe post like a little teaser on Tuesday or Wednesday. I actually agree a lot with that. I yeah. I think that it's it's really again up to your audience, but you need to just make sure that you are staying top of mind. My thing with musicians, because I'm coming from like a really small musician kind of standpoint, is people will kind of recycle content to the point where they are, where it's kind of annoying, where you're like, oh, here's a, like I re- I took one video piece that I took this one time and I posted it like on every platform, the same video over and over and over. Don't force yourself to make bad content for the mm-hmm. sake of making content, make sure that what you've made is is valuable and that you want that on your profile and that you want that content to represent you for the years to come and not just, you know, I need to put something up. I need to get it done right now. If I don't do it, people won't listen to me. You know, nobody's gonna listen to my new song. Just relax, figure out a way to make something that's worth something that's good and that will actually catch attention and then, you know, put that out. I'm actually dealing with that right now with a lyric video. I didn't want to, just make a lyric video that was so simple that kind of just used the stock image because it felt so impersonal. I really wanted to make a video, like even take a video with my phone. So I kind of thought really hard and I figured out a way to take a video that would be really easy to take, but that would at least suit the song and be more personal. It turned out way better than I expected. So 
That's amazing. And that kind of leads into another question I just thought of. When they have three or four different social media platforms, should they post the same image, the same video, or the same content on all three or four social media platforms? Or should they change it for each platform? And if they decide not to change it for each platform, should they change the caption? So I kind of like not to recant my previous statement, but I do think that you should be posting the content on all platforms, especially if like what you're doing is leading to another post. Like obviously if you are like, we have a new song out, our band, the shrimp diggers, we have a new song out and we really want to promote it. Don't just post on Instagram, obviously. But what I mean is make sure that the contest is suited for that platform in particular. Instagram is really great for square images. So the image needs to be kind of a square or a landscape image. You can't post this really weird, tall photo, but Facebook, you could actually do that and also get a lot of engagement because people will be forced to click on the photo to see all the picture that will make them stay in your photo longer, meaning that the photo is going to do better. And the other thing that I'm thinking about right now for my lyric video is I have to post a part of it on TikTok. TikTok is phone size, basically like phone shaped. So I need to make sure that the, the lyric video is then made phone shaped because there's nothing worse than you're scrolling through reels or through TikTok. And there's a teeny tiny little vertical video in there that you're supposed to squint at instead of the person just blowing the video up to be uh, horizontal or like phone shaped essentially. So you can definitely sort of post the same content theme or same piece but make sure you are tailoring it to that social media platform like Hayden said for example Instagram make sure you're previewing it like in Instagram view because yeah, you, you have this great like for example a show poster you know a nice vertical poster next thing you know Instagram show date is cut off the top you know ticket link cut off the bottom and another thing I like to do is if you're playing a show and you have some like we were talking before awesome fan photos maybe share one on Facebook, share a different one on Instagram. So I think you can definitely sort of share like the same thing in different ways. Totally makes sense. So again, you need to post with regular consistency to stay relevant to your fans and followers, of course, but believe it or not, there's actually a wrong way to use social media pages. And I feel like you two probably know a little bit about this <laughs> just from your personal experience in working with other artists and other clients as well. So we're going to talk about a few of the wrong ways to use social media. And the first thing we're going to talk about is do not spam. Never spam your audience with hundreds of self-promotions and annoying buy my music posts, which we've talked about a bit, but we're already bombarded with ads on an hourly basis, whether it is on radio or TV or on YouTube or even on Instagram these days. So just to see another ad is just like spam to us. So how can an artist not make a post that doesn't look very spammy if they want to make it stand out and get engagement the key is just to remain personal like it's which sounds so generic like that's what i hear every other person say but it's so true there's nothing worse than out now this song out now it's on all streaming platforms. Like nobody gives a goddamn that it's on all streaming platforms. Why should I listen? 40,000 songs are uploaded to Spotify every single day. Why should I listen to your song at all? Especially if I'm not even in a, a music listening mood. Like you're lucky if your song gets on a release radar of, some, of somebody who's actually interested in finding a new song in that moment. But that is not most people's opportunity. Most people are posting on Instagram hoping you're actually going to go click on the song. Something that works really well, like I said, was the writing on the Instagram photos. 
telling your story. I, I, I did earlier this year, I released a song and I actually did like a three part series where each of the posts told the story of how the song was written. And that really spoke to people. They really loved learning about like, it was a summer day and I wrote it with my friend Mariah. And we like, people love learning about that. And they love learning about it in a way that sort of tells a story more with like a cool font and some colors and uh, using the album art in a different way. And so don't be spammy by not being spammy. Like think about how annoying it is to get a spam email and then remind yourself of that every time you feel like, is this annoying? Wonderful. Well, Catherine, we're going to move on to the next question with you here. Another thing not to do for social media is don't buy your followers. I remember this was a big thing when Instagram first came out. You could buy like 10,000 followers for $5 and it was wild, but keeping your following organic. So, I mean, having a ton of followers looks really good on the surface, but I mean, if you're an independent or emerging artist that has only been around for about three or four years and you have 60,000 followers, although that may happen, it looks a bit sketchy. So how can artists organically grow their followers again like asking your audience what kind of content they want to see you know posting it like i know a lot of people they'll do instagram story posts being like hey you know what kind of content do you want to see and again i think behind the scenes is a great great way to grow your followers and like it just seems so personal another thing is if you're posting cover videos tag the original artist because a lot of time you'll get reshared by them and exposed to a lot of their audience as well for sure yeah that will definitely help out just get them a couple of more likes here and there. Now, this one here, we kind of talked about earlier with optimizing these social media accounts, but don't be hard to find. Funny account names are great and funny content is great, but make sure you're not hard to find. Like name your accounts after yourself or after your band. Keep the project and name consistent across all social media accounts. That one seems a bit self-explanatory. So We'll move on from that one and then we will move on to the next one. And you guys have control over other people's accounts or you've helped with other people's accounts. So this one is a bit interesting and we can definitely dive deeper into this one, but don't let someone else control your social media account. <laughs> How do you guys feel about that? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't even know what to say about that one. <laughs> different if you're hiring someone and that's what they do but like yeah just don't like randomly give fans and stuff access to your with social media it is this personal thing the expectation from fans is that it is you and i think that's yeah. what they mean is that they want you to make sure that it feels like it is you speaking always so if it's yeah. not you speaking then that's going to be a problem for fans they won't believe it i don't think that they shouldn't hire someone at all especially if it's a band like who's speaking when it's a band there's five people like that's not really yeah. relevant when people learn that ariana grande doesn't literally sit there and reply to tweets all day that blows their mind that's sort of the illusion now that people don't want to shatter so i think it should just always feel like you is what that means can you give yeah. someone else control of your account yeah absolutely but just make sure like you said Catherine, make sure they know how to speak in your tone of voice again make sure your posts are personal like we're talking about you know spam people but like don't put so-and-so bad name is releasing music this time like this day and just that's it as like it doesn't even sound like it was written by them you know keep it personal being like hey we're super excited about this new yeah, song that's it's like an ad copy day. for the back of a cd <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So I guess a better question then, instead of saying, don't let someone else take control over your account is when an artist is looking for a social media manager, how should the artist 
convey their message to the social media manager to make sure their message gets across. Because we talked about it at the very beginning of what you ask the artist. You ask them, what do you want portrayed? How do you want your message to be heard? And what image do you want the world to see you as? So you as the social media manager already asked those questions. But if someone is brand spanking new to this, and maybe the social media manager doesn't ask them those questions, how should the artist approach them with what they want and what content they want to see on their social media? Yeah, just what feels most natural to you? Like, do you like, you know, posting cover videos? Like, are you comfortable? Because some people just are not comfortable with videos at all. And like, if you're not comfortable with videos, don't do it. it comes across as force, but just, you know, build off of what you're comfortable with. Basically, the artist is sort of the template. And as a social media manager, you're kind of building those bricks. So fill in sort of, you know, what missing and help them with that cool and and hayden so you've worked with other artists and other clients as well so so do you have any recommendations on how an artist or client can talk to you or talk to another social media manager well i love pinterest because of the visual references, even though at the beginning of this call, I said I, I wasn't sure how I felt about it. It's a new love. So I'll, I'll admit that. But I love things like that because it's a visual reference of like making a board of like, when I start with a new client, I'm like, I want you to go find 15 accounts that you love, not 15, but like a bunch of accounts that you love. And I want you to screenshot mm-hmm. them. And I want you to tell me what you love about each one. That really clears up anything because anytime then the client comes back to me and they say, I don't really like what we've done. What are we doing here? I can then say, well, this is what the visual reference was. Where was the disconnect and how can we fix it? And and not it's not that one of us was wrong, but just that like, obviously we need to fix what we thought we were doing here so that we can make sure we're telling your message appropriately. And just be really clear. Like I'm a crazy person. Before I go in and do stuff, I'll write like five page documents and it'll be like, this is what I need from you. And don't be afraid to do those things. Maybe don't make it five pages, but like a couple point form notes and things like that. And constant communication. Some of my clients sort of just like, expect me to be the person just to do everything. And I'm like, no, I, unfortunately I'll be running all the posts past you. You'll be reading all the copy and telling me what you, and tell me what you think and if it's okay. Um, And if it feels like what, not even, not not even that the copy is okay, but just that it actually is, feels like something that you would say. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a hand in hand teamwork, not like people will just hand it to me and be like, here's my child, take it. I'm like, well, no, I can't. (laughs) This is your baby. (laughs) Like you need to, you know, be a part of it. I'm just the nanny. I'm just here to tell you you know, don't put the baby in the oven. Yeah. Like I think at the end of the day, it's still their brand and you're promoting their brand. So it still needs to feel like them. For sure. For sure. Well, thank you so much for being a part of Studio B. You shared some amazing information about social media. And I think artists are really going to be able to utilize everything you mentioned. Is there anything else you want to talk about or anything I may have forgotten that you really want to mention when it comes to social media? Honestly, sometimes like don't be afraid to take a break and stuff. It gets overwhelming when you know you feel this pressure of you're not getting enough likes. And it's sometimes just don't be afraid to step away from it. Yeah, I agree. You're never going to get enough likes. So just worry about making good stuff because you'll actually worry less about the likes when you're making stuff that you feel really, really, really happy with. And you're going to be really, really, really worried about the likes when you're making content that doesn't make you feel wow. So just (laughs) make stuff that makes you go wow. Big thank you going out to Hayden and Catherine for talking about social media on this episode of Studio B. You can find out more about Hayden and hear his music and learn more about Jelly Socials by contacting him either through all of his social media or on his website at HaydenMcHugh.com. 
And you can find out more details and check out Catherine's pictures on her Instagram or Twitter. On Instagram, you're going to find her as Catherine Marie Colwell. And on Twitter, it will be under Catherine Colwell. My name is Sarah Scott. And for all things Studio B, including features Homemade in Alberta and One to Watch Wednesday, and of course, more educational episodes, you can head on over to Studio B's social media, Studio B's on all the platforms and all the streaming services. Thank you so much for listening and have a great rest of your day. Uh.